Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of family and children's discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland. All right, well, welcome to the TFM podcast today. Uh, Tony, it's good to be back with you. How have you been lately? Doing really well. Uh, the, a little disappointed that we haven't, as the time of recording, seen Infinity War yet. Uh, you know how much of a uh, geek I am on that kind of thing. And uh, the uh, we're looking forward to the wife and I are going to go see it next weekend. So we'll have seen it before this post, but uh, not until after it records. Yeah, I was talking to a fellow at church the other day, and he said he had taken his son and his friends to it. And I said, well, how was it? He said, well, I fell asleep. So I don't know. I don't know what you'll think. (laughs) He also had been doing a lot of work before that, so maybe that was just uh, his issue. But so, how are the Orioles doing? You know, we're we're in baseball season is in full swing. Epically terrible. That would be a great way to describe the Orioles' season so far this year. Just epically, truly terrible. They're, I, I, if they're not, they're definitely on the bottom of the uh, of their division. But I, they might even be legitimately the worst team in baseball right now. So, pretty awful. How are the Braves doing? The Braves are actually within, I think, a game and a half of first place. They're tied for for second, and they've got the best offense in baseball at the moment. So we'll wow. see. You know, now. The bullpen's been, uh, from what I've seen, I haven't really seen any of the games, but I've just kind of tracked it online. Um, but I, I'm I'm hopeful. So, and they brought up the number two prospect in baseball, guy can play. I think he's, I don't know if he's quite from this planet or not. Um, and also, uh, have you seen that Japanese guy, that the pitcher, hitter guy, uh, Otani, whatever his name is, the Angels? Yeah, it's crazy. Pinch yeah, hits he's and like pitches. King Kong or something. <laughs> he's a monster. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I wish some of that uh, was coming down the Orioles. Uh, you know, maybe <laughs> whatever steroids you're bringing out to Atlanta, maybe you could bring up to Baltimore. <laughs> so, I'll see if I can make a run one weekend. At least uh, the Ravens got a quarterback. So. Oh, did oh did they? Who did Lamar they Jackson? Okay. Louisville. Well, Good old Louisville. maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah, He's, yeah, that's right. He can play. So we'll see how that translates into the pro game. But Well, today we do want to talk about more than sports. We, we enjoy that as a little diversion. But uh, today we want to talk about a really important talk, topic, and that's how to do faith walks, God sightings. People call them all kind of things, but just the idea of, uh, of connecting life to God. So, Tony, what, what exactly is a faith walk or a God sighting? Flesh that idea out for us. Yeah, I define that as intentionally using life experiences and situations of life to intentionally teach things of the Lord. So, you know, uh, this can be a large variety of types of things. An example that we had with uh, some of our kids uh, was I remember one time after a uh, church event, I think it was a uh, life group. It was about a year ago at our uh, previous church. Uh, My son was commenting, uh, asking something about the stars, like how big they are, how far away they are are and we again use this opportunity to teach him about how god created the whole universe and talk to him about that and how amazing it is that how small our planet is compared to 
the sun, that each one of those stars and how God made it all and God made it all because he cares about us and, and to create a universe where, where we could thrive uh, being created in his image. Uh, another way in which uh, you know we might do that actually is we've kind of in some ways talked about Faith Talks and our podcast on TFM at the Movies where we talked about uh, you know how we can engage in movies that we see and times where we, engage, we see media and art and what that teaches us and that kind of interaction that we talked about there, I think, are another example of faith talks. Yeah, that's a very helpful definition of that. I think that uh, Timothy Paul Jones calls it a faith walk or talk, and then I think it's Brian Haynes who calls it a God sighting, but just connecting normal life to God, um, because that's we want to help them, our kids to do that. We don't do that ourselves. And I was looking at some research a while back, and uh, I think it was actually Timothy Paul Jones's research, and they said that they, they surveyed a lot of Christian parents, and a, a huge, huge percentage saw that their responsibility uh, was to disciple their own kids, to pass on the faith to their kids. I think it was the high 80s, maybe into the 90s, said, yes, we understand that. But then they asked them, how often do you talk about these things at home? And it was, you know, the the... the ratio just flipped and it was a huge percentage of people talked about these things little to none in a given week and so it's hard to imagine um, how that's going to carry over and for kids to see the importance of those things if it's never talked about in the home um, now here's one way that, that we have emphasized and you probably even more than me even though I, I do talk about it and have, have done some things here at our church to, to promote it but the idea of family worship family devotions um, we make a big deal out of that but isn't that enough just having this set time of a sort of formal teaching no I don't think so uh, you know uh, family worship, it's a hugely important thing, and it goes back to like we've talked about before, Deuteronomy six. Uh, but and and I think in, in Deuteronomy six we see family worship as the as you eat and as you lie down those kind of teaching times. Uh, whereas you know uh, faith talks are important times of teaching as you go because it also talks about teach as you go as you walk about in you know, basically as you work even at that time uh you know i so i think faith walks faith talks god sightings i think complement family worship uh you know i also think family worship can bring about faith talks you know when we've talked about a certain thing in family worship we've uh, been teaching through a certain book of the bible or talking about certain subjects and and that's engaged uh, one of our children asks a question related to a catechism and real life i think that can cause some exciting and important faith talks that's that's really helpful because um, that yeah we are i think you're right it's not enough it's important but pointing to Deuteronomy 6, it's just it, connecting real life to what God says, to who he is. So what what can be the result if we restrict, and I'm using air quotes, but our God talk to church or to church and family worship time? What, how many ever times you do that in a week? Um, what what can happen if we just kind of lift, leave it there? Yeah, I think our kids and youth will come to see worship as a religious experience, you know, kind of an isolated religious experience, not something that has occurred in all areas of life. Uh, you know, I think an example of this might be, uh, I know some Christian schools have a, a Christian character award uh, for, you know, 
basically being this or that level of being a Pharisee uh, comment. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hey, man, I got one of those when I was in high school. <laughs> did you? I did. Okay. Uh, but, you know, when you, with phylacteries, too, with your, you know, my forehead. I'm sure it did. When your <laughs> child uh, gets the Christian Character Award, using it as an opportunity to teach about what how we understand a righteousness to be in Christ, not primarily a righteousness in our behaviors, uh, contrary to the award that we're receiving. Uh, and... Uh, you know, I think another way of doing this is, you know, that when you watch the nightly news with your kids uh, or, you know, find the news on Facebook or Twitter like more and more people do, you know, uh, we can uh, we can gain our kids an understanding of the curse of sin from talking about a faith, talk about what happened in the news, what horrible tragedy happened and why God would allow that to happen. Mm, that's that's really helpful. Like, I mean, that that's a very real thing. It's, you all the time there's stuff like that going on um, and I, I think you're right i think we can end up making practical atheists of ourselves and of our kids if, if we just limit it to this you know sacred time on sunday morning or whenever we do family worship uh, and then the rest of life you know we just kind of go on about it like the rest of the world rather than living all of life before god in his presence um and, and based on what he said yeah. so what can we what can be the gain for our kids if we expand this god talk to every area of life. Okay, so we, we're sort of seeing what can happen if we restrict it, um, and, but also the, the benefit to our kids if we don't. What can be the benefit and the gain for parents if we expand this God talk to every area of life? Yeah, I think uh, what happens is times of teaching don't become forced or awkward, you know, and I think that's what happens when you just do family worship and, you know, and just have kind of that isolated and, and neglect to have intentional times as you go. I mean, that family worship time just becomes so much more awkward. It's just out of the norm for what you do. I, and I think in every way. And so it becomes more natural to us when we talk uh, as we go in our life. And I think it even helps us teach ourselves. You know, sometimes when we do teach our children things through these kind of intentional faith walks and these intentional God sightings, it's a way to, wow, it really illuminates ourself. I, I think of that time I mentioned before my son and pointing out the vastness of creation and how God created it with us in mind. I mean, it humbled me. It really did. Did. Uh, but also, you know, some of the interactions with your kids in Faith Talks. Man, I mean, kids can humble you even more so <laughs> and teach you through that. That's true. Yeah, and, and I think, too, we become more skilled at doing it for ourselves because um, our own hearts need that. Like you said, it, it just your heart was engaged as you were teaching your son about the greatness of God. And so I think we need to be practicing doing that for ourselves as, as we encounter some difficult situation, some stressor, um, whatever it may be, we're connecting that to life with God and then also help us to do that with others. I mean, we have an opportunity to, to speak about Christ or to encourage someone. I think it helps us to keep in step with the spirit and to be more faithful disciples, you know, to take his word and to apply it to our lives, not just be hearers, but to be doers of the word. Um, and our kids, you know, in some of those situations where we're not directly teaching them, parenting them, they sort of catch us doing it. They see us, okay, mom and dad are trying to do this for themselves. They're not just telling me to do this um, and helping me do this, but they're trying to do it themselves. And so I think it just makes makes the faith more legitimate in their eyes. 
So how about we've talked about, you know, with the kids, with the parents. So what can be the gain for our churches if we've got kids and youth and parents and, and senior citizens who are expanding their God talk to all areas of life? Like what happens when you put all that together in a church? I think we don't pigeonhole our religion. And I think that's an important thing, that we don't see our faith as just something that impacts, you know, us, impacts what we believe about the Trinity, like we talked about, but something that impacts all of our life. Uh, so I, I was interacting with somebody who uh, was raised in a Bible-believing church and uh, had come to hold firmly to some beliefs that I believe he probably was parented into believing that were very dangerous on race, on understanding uh, other races, uh, some really, unfortunately, racist perspective. And I think the that he lived in a culture, he was raised in a culture where, you know, religion is one thing, but then worldview on a worldview is is everything else you know so uh mm -hmm. because he didn't have those kind of faith talks and wasn't able to interact and see how the teachings of the bible impact how you view somebody who looks different than you he saw that as an entirely separate and other thing and we become full of churches that have that uh you know and i think what happens though when we do have these these more active god talks in all areas of our lives is we'll come together as a church with a more consistent and more robust biblical faith. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, what a, what a testimony to the world around us and the communities and, and our to our other friends and family who see that. Um, and I think just these it produces richer discipling relationships. We're looking to help the gospel and God's word. In Colossians 3, I think it's verse 16, it says, let the word of Christ, and I think that's the word about Christ, not just the Bible, but it, the gospel itself. And then, I mean, yes, the rest of scripture dwell richly. Let it make its home among you. And so I think that that comes out to play. We're looking to help each other apply the word and to, to deal with how we, what do we do with our money? And what do we do with our time mm -hmm. or pushing one another to love and to good deeds, uh, these kinds of things. And so it's, it's growing into what, to maturity in Christ. Um, there's a book by a guy named Jonathan Lehman. Um, at, he's one of the nine marks guys and he, it's, it was first called reverberation. I think they've redone it, uh, with, added something to it, but uh, it's called Word Center Church now, I think. But uh, I read the original version. He talks about how the word uh, should reverberate through the life of the church. You know, it's reverberating down the halls and it's giving life and light to the church. And mm -hmm. so it, it, it's reverbing through the halls of the church and the conversations and then out into the parking lot, into the cars and into the homes, and into the jobs. And um, I think that's, it's, that's what God intends for us to do um, and not to have this sacred secular divide. Absolutely. That's good. So, Tony, what are some everyday areas of life that parents can look for to connect to the Lord and to his word and to his gospel? I mean, just, you know, some very practical ways that they can be looking to start this if they're not really doing this now or if it's a struggle. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, one very simple way is, you know, as you wake up in the morning to have your coffee and uh, hang out with your child to watch the cartoons uh, and the beautiful sunset rises, take that as a time to teach the beauty of God's creation. Yeah, I think that is an important, very simple way. And we don't think about it enough. And we don't teach our kids about it enough. And that, I think that a result when we don't do that actually is that they kind of form more of a naturalistic worldview 
Uh, I think uh, another great way that parents can look to connect these things is if a parent is, if a child is engaging in bullies, whether being bullied or seeing someone get bullied, to talk about what the Bible says about this, to talk about how the gospel impacts the, both the bully and the one getting bullied. Uh, when you listen to the top 40 hits on your car ride together with your child, talk about uh, the Lady Gaga song. I think that's probably a little bit outdated. I don't think she's as big of a deal as she used to be, but uh, you know, to talk about the top 40 hits and what they're teaching. What worldview is coming out of these this or that song? That, that's assuming that you're not listening to the TFM podcast as you ride, but you really need to be. <laughs> so yeah, I think those are really helpful. And you mentioned earlier just watching the news and or you're exposed to news headlines. I mean, if you're not sitting there watching the nightly news, you're sitting at the dinner table, or you're riding in the car, and there there's something that's happening. Um, I mean, one thing that's come up lately in our family we our neighborhood sits directly across from this bank and they have this huge american flag up and so sometimes that flags at half mass because of some tragedy that's happened and so you know my oldest daughter's asking um dad why is the flag down halfway and, and things like that just you know taking their questions and connecting it to life with god um th- those are some some everyday things that we're going to encounter and, and you know, with God's help, we can try to connect those things. So here's a big one, Tony. How can we connect discipline and correction? And this is with little kids, with, with teenagers. How can we try to connect our, our times of discipline and correction to the Lord? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, before I answer my own, I want to say I think a more full and robust answer to this is going to be found in a really important book, and I think I've referred to it before once or twice in the podcast, Gospel-Powered Parenting by William P. Farley. Uh, he talks a lot about the importance of of having these kind of faith talks when we do discipline, when we spank, when we do whatever needs to happen. Uh, but I think in general the principle that we need to have is we teach, when we discipline our child, we don't just spank or send a child to the room and kind of let that be it. We need to have a time to talk about what our child did, how that sin, and what sin is, and what God thinks of sin. But then show God's grace, to show the seriousness and consequences of sin. But then to say that even though I have to spank you, I have to send you to your room, that God has given his punishment to Jesus, that your punishment to Jesus uh, for this sin and all other sins if you trust in him as your Lord and Savior. I think those can be great examples of faith talks. Yeah, that's one of the things that parents have a unique opportunity with their kids to disciple them and to evangelize them that the Sunday school teacher, the small group leader, uh, that person does not have because they're not, they, they may have to correct your child sometimes if they're acting up and say, hey, you're going to have to sit out of this or, you know, we're going to have to get your mom or dad or whatever it is. But they don't, they're not disciplining the child. And so there are some very intimate moments where you can connect, like you said, connect the gospel to it, not just well, you should obey me and honor me. Yes, you have to teach them that because if they don't honor and obey parents, they're not going to honor and obey God. But you have a chance to to give them the hope of the gospel in those moments. Um, I know just the other day we had an issue come up and I had a a child who was very much bucking the authority that God had had given um, in parents. And 
I, just in the middle of the conversation, I just stopped and prayed, prayed for wisdom. And in the situation, actually got worse for a little while after that after I prayed. And then I had been trimming the hedges and we were trying to collect the the clippings to put them up. And I looked at that and just, you know, the Lord gave me wisdom in that moment to look and say, you know, what would happen? So sort of was able to come in the side door and say, what would happen if I didn't cut those bushes? And the child said, well, they'd get really big. And I said, yeah, and they would come out into the yard to sort of take over the yard. So would they, would they look nice? Would it would it be a benefit to people? And the child's like, no, no, it'd be ugly and this kind of thing. And so then I said, our hearts are like that. I was able to connect that, that God has to, to prune our hearts and mom and dad have to do that for you. Um, and listen, there have been plenty of other times and I have failed or missed it. Um, but that was one opportunity where the Lord gave grace and, and it did seem to connect with the child that, that that was a necessary thing. Um, but there, if, if, if our eyes are open and we're asking for God, help me to see those things, he'll answer that prayer. He'll give us grace and as we're in his word. And so, I mean, it, it can be an excellent time to, to teach our kids and to pass on the things of the Lord. And I don't think either of us is trying to suggest that every parent of a three-year-old that's got to give them a spanking needs to go and give a 45-minute uh, sermon. At, a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Um, yeah, it, it takes wisdom. And, and yeah, shorter when they're younger, you can have more time when they're, they're older. But, uh, but yeah, you're, the, the fact that you're just you're looking. You're looking. What, what if we miss an opportunity? Or what if we blow it in one of those opportunities and we don't connect life to God? We're a hopeless case then, Ben. I, th- I think we're just a lost cause and might as well uh, pack our bags and give up, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go turn the TV on. and Exactly, yeah. Let the TV do the job for you then. No, we will miss opportunities. We all will. You know, even the very, very best of us will miss opportunities in this vein. But the fortunate thing with this kind of thing, with these kind of uh, God sightings, is that opportunities will come in droves. You know, for every one that we'll uh, miss, we'll have ten that we can take up on, you know, and uh, there will constantly be opportunities in that vein. So you miss one one time, I mean, we can learn to see one another soon enough after it. So and there's so many more opportunities. And the reality is the vast majority of us are going to have a pretty low batting average for using these <laughs> opportunities. And so, you know, don't get discouraged if your batting average on on using these opportunities is 300 because, you know, that's pretty exceptional, actually. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, you know, Jesus batted a thousand and that's what we're resting on. Um, but, but yeah, pray daily or more than, than just once a day that, that God would open your eyes to see those and help you to do it for yourself. Because, again, we, we don't want to live as practical atheists. And we don't want to teach our kids to do that. And so you're trying, as you become more aware of God's activity, and you're trying to help them to see that too. And um, so, yeah, God, God is gracious in that. So, Tony, how can parents of, of small kids, youth, whoever, how can they grow in their sensitivity to the Spirit and their ability to connect life to the Lord? I mean, there are some steps they can take to try to improve at that. Yeah, definitely. So I think some of it's going to be making personal changes in your, in your 
relationship to the Lord. Uh, so one thing that actually helped me a lot in terms of this was I started on my daily prayer routine, and I've kind of gotten out of this a little bit. I'm trying, I'm getting back into it, uh, but having it was uh, that thankful Thursdays. On Thursdays, I would often go on, I've often gone on walks and my prayer time, and I will just thank God for everything. Instead of, you know, taking up all the time to, conf- to confess sin or, or ask God for what I want, <laughs> I, just I just literally, for half an hour or so, I'll just thank God, think of things to thank God for. And it really, it's changed my perspective, and it's made me more observant on the things that we can be grateful for God for. And it's given me more more God sightings as I've had to stretch my own mind to think about that. And I think maybe having a thankful Thursday or whatever you need to do, whatever is good for you in that kind of vein. Another thing uh, that I had a friend that uh, talked to me about how he's kind of grown in understanding Christian worldview and how it impacts everything. By uh, one time he sat down and he watched an episode of the most popular television at that time, which was Two and a Half Men terrible television show ethically but uh and he <laughs> took a pen and paper and he watched the whole uh, watched an episode of the show and i think he rewatched it once as well to kind of follow along and he jotted down every time the uh, the the show echoed a worldview echoed uh, some semblance of of a philosophy uh, of a belief system you know it can be basic things like it could be understanding of self-worth and uh, he jotted that down, and he thought of how the Bible interacted with that. And I think something like that, even if you don't get a pen and paper, you know, start trying to intentionally think like that. I think a great book on that vein, actually, and a fic- as a fiction book, I really like the uh, go back to the old Chronicles of Narnia books. Uh, and I think Aslan thinks through and thinks through things that way, you know, and shows uh, the uh, creatures, shows the people in that book how everything has been related to God's great grand story. Yeah, that's true. Uh, actually, my daughter and I have been listening to a dramatized version of different ones of those on the way to school when we're riding around the car. So we've got about a 20-minute drive. And so she's really gotten into those. And it, it is that's I should be looking for that <clears throat> more and just trying to help her connect the dots. Um, I think the idea you had of, of you know just disciplining yourself to look for things to give thanks for is a great idea and i think so often we can be we can be lazy in a lot of ways um but mentally and spiritually we can get lazy and lethargic and just sort of just passively take things in rather than actively thinking about it and and trying to process it and connect it and so it's asking for god for that grace and, and then in faith putting out the effort that, okay, I'm asking for it, I'm looking for it, I'm trying to please him, and then trusting that he's going to be working in that. Um, because I, I think he, he does intend for us to live all of our life in relation to him. That's good. Um, well, so are there resources that you'd recommend for helping parents to grow in this area or giving them tips or uh, helping to form that part of their life? Yeah, in addition to the ones I've already mentioned, you know, we're practically a library with all the two and a half men. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not two and a half men. The I think of instructing a child's heart. I think is a great resource in that vein uh, by Ted Tripp, and it's uh, kind of a complimentary book to shepherding a child's heart. But it talks more about the importance of instructing 
a child in everyday opportunities. And even it talks about discipline similar to gospel-powered parenting does. Another one would be a gospel, a gospel Primer, which is a book by a man named Milton Vincent. And that kind of is a book basically in how the gospel impacts all of life. But I think it kind of helps you start thinking uh, through things in more of a developed worldview where everything relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Very good. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've got instructing. Uh, I've seen the the Vincent one. I've not read it, and I've got the trip book on my shelf, and I've it's on my list for this year. It hasn't hasn't happened yet, but um, the, those those sound like good ones. Um, and, and just the the practical steps you took that you don't necessarily need to go read a book, but just making some changes and asking God for grace, um, because th- this really is this is not again just not a part of our life. It should be the the shape of it that you know our our work, our money, our vacation, um, all that that we're trying to to look at and connect to the Lord and help our kids to do the same. Because um, I mean. Colossians talks about this as Christ who is your life. When he appears, you will also appear with him in glory. I mean, so it's not just Sunday or Wednesday or, you know, family worship time. It's all of our life. Uh, Well, Tony, thanks for um, your insight on these things. I know this is something that you and your wife make it a point in your own lives and with your kids to do. And so thanks for for sharing with us. And um, if, if you want to reach out to us on uh, social media, I'm at Ben Palos and uh, Tony, What's your Twitter handle? I'm at Anthony Tresoni. Great. And we also have an email for the show now. It is the TFM podcast at gmail.com. So the TFM podcast at gmail.com. If you have questions, uh, suggestions for future shows, we'd love to hear from you. Um, just get for feedback. And so we hope this episode has been a blessing to you and helps you at home and, and helps your church. Amen. You know, and I have to say, getting an email, we're becoming so big time. You know, we've got a worldwide audience. So, man, we're going worldwide, brother. That's right. TFM Podcast International. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.